Welcome to Dr. Suzanne Howard's audio play. Thank you for downloading and I pray you are truly blessed. To get more information on Dr. Suzanne Howard's ministry, feel free to visit www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Let it Good evening. Good evening. How are we doing this evening? Let's see if I can adjust my lights. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's see comments. Let me catch up here. Good evening, Pastor Vell. Good evening, ADT Chevelle, Pastor Kareem, Minister Nisi, Elder Lisa, Lisa Palmer, Carol. I'm glad you are blessed. Awesome. Jerry, Minister Jerry, Edith Sylvia. Good evening, Minister Vanessa, Diana, Belinda. My coaches are on. Good evening, Cheryl Johnson. Did you get your assessment done? Good evening to Neil. A-Rod, hello. Natasha, Ramanita, Anna, good evening. Minister Leah, I see y'all. Minister Yolanda, Minister Tasha, Pastor Audria, ADT Nicole. All right, you guys are in. Crystal Green. Renee, Lydia, good evening. God bless you. I see a lot of good evening soulmates. Make sure you holler back. Best seat in the house. Minister Mike Rose, like clockwork again, huh? Awesome. All right. I think I gave just about every name down here. Edith Sylvia, Siobhan, I see you guys. All right, beautiful. Elder Manny, Joel, Ramanita, Diane, Erica, Mimi, good evening. We're coming in tonight. Good. We're up at 71. 
on all three platforms. We haven't hit 120 in a couple of days, but I've been getting a lot of inboxes between yesterday and today. And I guess I know why people are telling me they are like overwhelmed and we don't want you to be overwhelmed. That's not the purpose. And what I'm being told, um, the feelings of being overwhelmed from, because it's, it's like you're picking on yourself now every night, instead of thinking that a rational thought, a logical thought that I'm learning something new and I'm preparing to do the work and the application of what I'm learning. A lot of us are taking it like, oh, another thing wrong with me. Oh, another thing wrong with me. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm not going to do this. And a couple people that I have been speaking to the last couple of days are like, they've just come really, really close to just saying, I'm just not going to do it. And I want you to be aware that is your toxic thinking right there. That is the evidence of low self-esteem because the logical side of the analysis side of your daily log sheet says to give yourself a rational, a logical thought because the event is I want to quit. The feelings that go with that overwhelmed. The uh, emotions that go with that is I'm feeling sad because I'm seeing how much work I have to do. You go down to the second part of the form where the analysis is, what is the thoughts that are behind it? it? Every day I just find out that there's more stuff I have to do for myself. Perfectionism, personalizing, overgeneralizing, catastrophizing, because it's not just about what you have to do. You're not alone. Right now, there's 84 of you on here today. You're not alone. Reach out to one another. Drop in an inbox and say, hey, I'm praying for you. I've seen you on So Detox, and I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you. We're all on Wix. It's a safer place than Facebook. We don't have to deal with all the opinionated and over-opinionated people. Yes, Periscope ends March 31st. So let's just continue to keep this network, this community that we've built, and keep this going through the rest of the year. So get that daily log out because what's the event? See, you're so used to hearing that thinking. Good evening, Joe Brown. You are so used to thinking that way that you just think it and you let it talk 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 and you're in church and it's talking and you're driving home and it's talking and you're having prayer and it's talking and you're eating and it's talking. And then you're looking at the time and you're like, mm, I'm going to back on again. And you're talking, but you are not catching that this is an event. This is an event. Write that event down. Let me go over here. Let me help you out a little bit. Mm. Here we go. Write the event down. I'm sorry, Diamond. My master producer is here this evening with me. Write the event down. You see the event? Write it down. You see that center column? What are the feelings that go with the event? Write down the feelings. The main one that I'm hearing is overwhelmed. And then go down to the second portion, the second section, that first column, initial responses. What are your automatic thoughts? Instead of seeing it as I'm learning something new every day, you're seeing it as I'm just finding out more and more every day how a mess I am. I'm finding out more and more every time I get on, on the recording, every time I get on the teaching at night, I just get overwhelmed because there's another thing that's wrong with me. That is the evidence of your low self-esteem. 
So you take that all the way over to the right-hand column and give yourself a logical thought. Remember, cost analysis. Remember the scales? Put the truth on one side and the trash on the other. What is the trash? That I'm overwhelmed because I messed up. What is the, the trash? I'm um, frustrated because there's just more and more that I uncover that's wrong with me. What is the automatic thought? What's the negative thinking? Um, I'll never be able to do this, so I might as well quit now. And then you go over to the right-hand column and you do your cost analysis. You enter the scales. Now you're measuring the scales. You're measuring the truth from the trash. The trash is in that first column. This column, you owe yourself the truth. You owe yourself another response so that you can have a checks and balances type of deal going on where you have to put a deposit in to cancel out that negative transaction that should have never hit your account. So instead of saying every day, I'm just finding out more and more stuff that's wrong with me. The logical response could be something like I'm learning something new every day. This is an exciting journey that I'll be undertaking. Instead of saying, I just find out I get frustrated and want to quit because I'll never be able to get it done. With the help of these coaches or other accountability people in my lives, I'm going to be able to get this done. And what was the third thought that I threw up there? You guys have them. What are your thoughts? I'm going to take this off the screen now. What are some of your thoughts? Write the event down. Truth on one side, trash on the other. Come on, evangelist. Spoken just like my daughter. They're using very nice psychological terms. You know, what is your automatic thought? What is your logical thinking? Me? It's trash and it's truth. Let's get writing. You know it's trash. You know you're worth every bit of it. You're in your 30s. You're in your 40s. You're in your 50s. Maybe you're even in your 60s. And you've never done any personal healing, any personal development work on yourself. What do you expect you're going to uncover when you open the lid on that box? But guess what? It's never too late to start your best life now. I had to do this. I was the guinea pig. I was the first partaker of this. And that's what made me begin to do it because I found out it works. Yes, sometimes I do feel like I am that goat on the altar and I'm being slaughtered for this change. I'm being atoned for what I need to happen in my life. Yes, it feels like that. But this is why we're starting out right from the beginning with you guys with the stinking thinking, the toxic mentality, the distorted, the distorted, um, the distorted ways that we've carried these mindsets for on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. Come on, talk to me. I'm hearing Periscope may be a little blurry. How are you guys on Facebook and YouTube? Can anyone give me some feedback out there? Is it Periscope you're talking about? On Periscope? Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. I don't know. My side looks good. I don't think the light makes a difference because the light just... Mm -hmm. 
blurring on Facebook. They're saying it's starting to get blurry. So I think it's something with Facebook and this company again, like before. Mm -hmm. Very good. Elder Manny says it's blurry, but we can hear you. You want to hear your shepherd more than you want to see your shepherd. <laughs> Amen. All right. So come on, get your automatic logs out and get to going. Get your automatic logs out and get to thinking. You owe yourself this work. You owe yourself this work. And we're not going to settle for anything less, are we? Yeah. You log as many as you need to log. Absolutely. Excellent question. Log as many as you need to log. Don't settle for anything less. I expect in the beginning for you guys to log in the morning, log in the afternoon, log in the evening. Like, I've just got these thoughts all day long. So go ahead and get your sheets out. And at this point in time, you're probably only going to have time to just write at the top what your event is. So go ahead and put your event up. And then later on this evening, you can go in and take a look and see what exactly is going on. That's right. You owe yourself this work. You've given to everyone else. You've given to everything else. You've encouraged the people. You've helped people. You've financially supported people. I mean, what else do you have to give that you have not given already? Some of y'all have even donated blood. <laughs> what else is there left? So I thank you for those who reached out and was very honest because that it helps to be a teachable moment for all the rest of us. No matter what it takes, absolutely you will. This is the good thing about it. There's 93 of us on here now going through this together. We're going through it together. It doesn't get any better than that. So you get your sheet out, put up at the top. I want to quit 30 days. I want to quit. So detox. You could say, well, I wasn't really going to do it, but it was a thought. It doesn't matter if you were going to do it or not. If that thought had the nerve to show up on your property, you have a right to take it to the court of truth. Honor and acknowledge your feelings and your emotions so you can challenge them. You will only be able to confront the things that you have challenged. We want to find a new way, a new method. I know that's right, but it's normal, especially remember we're dealing with low self-esteem, especially if you have low self-esteem, if you're answering your assessment correctly, you should feel exactly the way you're feeling 17 days into this program. I go through it with my private clients. 
it's normal because you're really doing the work. If you weren't doing the work, you wouldn't feel it. You'd be like, oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying myself. But it's not fun. And the only thing you're enjoying about yourself is the 30 in 30 is a lot easier than doing this work. Yes, very good. Clearer now. Thank you, Ashley. Very good. <laughs> Pastor Bridget, confession is good for the soul. You're not going to quit. If we have to talk every day, you are not going to quit. You are too important to the kingdom as an investment in you. And I'm not going to let you quit. Amen. But trust me, you're right where you need to be. And this is okay. Share it on the discussion board. Let others encourage you. Y'all still suffer being vulnerable? Even on group therapy discussion board, where you know everybody on there is as jacked up as I am? <laughs> Even though we like to look at them through the eyes of perceived perfectionism. We're all on here together because we're growing to this together. We need it. And, and I'm pushing you guys to get to high self-esteem. So if I'm pushing you to get to high self-esteem, we've got some work to do. So you can't quit now. I love you, Pastor Bridget. You are too important. You're too important to me. Your friendship is valuable. Amen. All right, you perfectionists. Y'all tried to get me to talk to you so we can't get to the procrastinators tonight, huh? You tried, but you didn't succeed. <laughs> we just hit 100. They're coming in tonight. It's like Sunday to me, but it's Monday night. So Monday does seem to be a good night to do videos. I noticed Monday evenings, a lot of people seem to be on. All right. We talked about the perfectionist and we talked about one of the cardinal principles of cognitive therapy is that all human beings are inherently broken and flawed. All of us, all of us. Someone should post that on, post that on the discussion post in Wix. We are all human beings and we are all inherit. We, are, we have inherited this inherently broken in flaws. Go on there. I feel like quitting and watch five or six people jump on and start cheering you up. You're not going to quit because I'm not going to quit. And we're going to go through this together. Start checking in on each other on the Wix app, encouraging each other on the Wix app. I don't like really doing ministry on Facebook. Facebook is for social purposes for me. When you really want um, adult, mature relationships, you want a different platform. And I think Wix is a good one, especially the one that we have for just this discussion, because we all know what's coming up at night. We pretty much have the same feelings every day, even though we don't share it. So it's a place where you don't have to explain yourself or people come on and you make a nice post on Facebook and then somebody comes on and they make an alternative um, post, but they think they're posting on your post. Or because nobody follows their post, they post on your post to get some of your followers. Just get off of it. Get on Wix. Talk to everyone who's in group therapy together and we'll all grow together. As human beings, we are all inherently broken and flawed. Amen. Go ahead. Tell somebody on the screen. I love you. Just post it on the screen. I love you. And you cannot quit. And you may be talking to yourself, but go ahead and post it. I love you and you cannot quit. Go ahead and just post it on our screen right here. And then when we're done, let's go on the discussion board and let's post it. I love you and you cannot quit. 
All right. We talked about the psychiatrist who was an intern and uh, basically his idea and his enthusiasm and his passion was knocked down by a supervisor and it knocked him down so many notches. He had all those horrible thoughts while jogging. You see how you can be in church, have horrible thoughts, taking communion, have horrible thoughts. You can be in worship and having horrible thoughts. They don't stop. Remember that from the beginning. They are automatic. When you're driving a stick shift car and when that RPMs, when that engine gets revved up, you know to change it to the next year, next gear. Then it gets revved up again. The RPMs are really high. You know to shift it into the next gear. With an automatic, it shifts on its own. That's what's happening inside of you. It's automatic and you are not in control of it. So what you have to do is cast it out, conquer it, pull down the imagination by giving it a new thought. Amen. All right. So if I gave you all the daily mood log today, I wonder what that would look like. Amen. All right. If you did your 30 and 30, go ahead and put up your grades for today. And while you're putting up your grades, working out high self-esteem by being honest and being vulnerable with yourself, that's what people with high self-esteem do because they're not trying to be perfect. They always see ways to increase their perfection their craft, their intellect, their physical activities, their emotional intelligence, high self-esteem. People have no problem being honest and grading themselves appropriately because they, they see it as a healthy challenge. But people with low self-esteem cannot be honest because it's a kick in their perfectionism. Come on. I just set 10 of y'all free right there. I cannot quit. That's right. Tell it. All right. Let's talk about this brother, Jerry, that I talked to y'all about last night. Brother Jerry. Jerry had always suffered from depression. Jerry has always suffered from depression, from shyness. I was just talking with Peyton about this tonight. And we were talking about um, someone who didn't do as well as they could have because they were shy. And I said, you know what shyness is, right? And she was like, um, I forget what word she named. And I said, no, shyness is an offset of low self-esteem. Bottom line, that's a part of the evidence that you have suffering mindsets of low self-esteem. So depression, he suffered from shyness and nervousness, especially around people and from marital unhappiness. Bum, bum, bum and from marital unhappiness. Although he had substantial success in his career, he had never been successful in his search for happiness. Anybody on here like that? Successful in your career, but you still suffer from depression, shyness, nervousness, and marital unhappiness. See, those are the places that really qualify you to come out and show who you really are. So these are the places that are going to stretch you. And if you have anything going on inside of you, it's going to show up in your relationships. So although he had substantial success in his career, in his ministry, in his business, he had never been successful in his search for happiness. All right. So let me indulge you with some reading for a moment. Jerry came from a blue collar family. His parents were German immigrants and his father was a tough discipline disciplinarian. 
No matter what Jerry achieved in school, it never seemed quite good enough. For example, even if he got a straight A or straight A's on his report card, his father would tell him to make sure he kept it up instead of telling him how proud he was of his work. Anyone had that growing up? Did you have parents that if you got a, a C, they push for a B? If you got a B, they push for an A. If you got an A, they push for you to get it every marking period and never took the time to help you acknowledge and appreciate the work that you have done to get the grades that you have. Anyone was under those perfectionist type parents? Although Jerry was a model student and a good son, he always felt inadequate and lonely. Inadequate and lonely. As far back as he could remember, he had felt nervous and uncomfortable around other people, including his classmates and even his family. He was ashamed to admit how he felt, so he kept it a secret. He didn't dare tell anyone that he felt vulnerable and afraid of people because he thought he would be a failure in their eyes. Wow, look at you guys. A lot of hands up. He thought that he would be um, a failure in their eyes. He was convinced that people would look down on him if they knew how weak and defective he really was. After graduation from college, Jerry took over a small business on the verge of bankruptcy and worked hard to turn it around. He worked tirelessly seven days a week and soon the company prospered. He expanded the business and his plans were successful. After 15 years, he had more than 5,000 employees and his company was listed on the American Stock Exchange. Could you imagine that level of success? Jerry married a beautiful woman, lived in a fancy house and was financially secure. Anybody want Jerry's life? I mean, it doesn't sound like it gets any better than that. Beautiful spouse, Fancy house, financially secure. But in spite of his success, Jerry still felt anxious. He was constantly tense. At work, Jerry felt more in control because he was the boss. Who am I talking to right there? At work, you may feel more in control because you are the boss. You are the owner. You kind of just you know, check in with your overseer and then you just kind of do what you know you need to do. But outside of work, every social situation was awkward. Jerry even found it hard to be around his wife and family. He had little self-esteem and rarely experienced any real satisfaction from his accomplishments. Jerry's difficulties stemmed from his belief. Come on, guys, we found a belief. I have to be great. I have to be a great success to be worthwhile and respected by others. Did you hear me? I have to be, I have to be a great success to be worthwhile and respected by others. Anyone else have an idea where Jerry got this core belief? It's not a negative thought. It's not stinking thinking. Bless you, Apostle Bill. Pastor Bill had us in India this morning. He preached in India on a virtual and it was awesome. Thank you for inviting us, Papa. Where did Jerry 
Get this belief. Yep, the difficulty stemmed from his belief. Where did he get the belief from? Parents, his father, right? How did he get it from his father? His parents were too hard on him. And what else? They were too hard on him. And what else didn't they teach him? They were too hard on him. And what else did they withhold from him? What did they not teach him? Mm, yeah, you could say self-love, maybe self-appreciation. But what was the father supposed to display to him with those A's that he didn't display to him? So Jerry does not know how to have that ad, um, admonishment of himself. Yep, it is self-esteem, but I'm looking for something in particular. Self-love, yep, it's that, but something in particular. Let me go back up to the top and read it. Jerry came from a blue-collar family. His parents were German immigrants, and his father was a tough disciplinarian. No matter what Jerry achieved in school, it never seemed quite good enough. For example, if he got straight A's, his father would tell him to make sure he kept it up instead of telling him how proud he felt. He never taught Jerry how to, that's right, appreciation. He never taught Jerry how to appreciate his success, how to celebrate his success. Absolutely. Very, very good. So Jerry's difficulty stem from his belief now because his father never taught him how to celebrate his success. His father only admired him or admonished him was to tell him, keep it up. Basically, if he didn't keep it up, then what would happen? He wasn't um, respectable in his father's eyes. He wasn't pleasing. He wasn't worthy of his father's respect. If people knew what I was really like, self-doubting and insecure, they would look down on me and reject me. If you are perfect and a perfectionist, you may have felt this way as well. Anyone on here can say that? His difficulties stemmed from his belief that I have to be a great success to be worthwhile and respected. So if somebody has that mindset, now we've learned, we're just going to do like a uh, an internship for coaching in here. So I'm sitting with my students and I'm training you how to be a coach. So we learned that Jerry's father never admonished his son's success, nor taught his son how to admonish it, just kept him driven and driven and driven. That was the way he earned his father respect. That's the way he recognized success, right? So if we learn that Jerry's difficulties stem from his belief that I have to be a great success to be worthwhile and respected to others, key words that Jerry believes, I have to. What do you think Jerry feels with his wife that he shouldn't necessarily feel. He has the mindset. He has the belief, not a thought. He has the belief. I have to be great. What do you think he thinks his wife is thinking of him? So you see how this runs over into the marriage and it also now reflects marital problems. He's never good enough. Exactly. And that his wife is really a burden to him. And she's probably not a burden at all. 
but to his to his mindset, his wife is a burden because she's another person that I have to be great for and that I have to show great success to in order to be a worthwhile husband and to be respected as a man. And they've probably never had this conversation. I think he said in the story already that he's never even shared this with anyone. So don't think just because somebody said I haven't shared this with anyone that that doesn't include their spouse. A lot of friends know more about spouses in a marriage than the spouse in the marriage knows. So he's never told his wife that the reason I snap at you and I yell at you and I can't enjoy you is because I see you as another person that I have to be great for. I see you as another person that I have to have great success in order to be worth anything to you and even to have your respect. And I'm sure in some of the arguments, they looked like this. You don't respect me. I'm nothing to you. You see the reversal? In order to be respected by others, I have to be a great success. So his arguments to her are going to sound something like, you don't respect me. Because the negative thinking, the reversal thinking is coming out. And then he's then we learn that he believes that he uh, is not worthwhile. So he's going to tell you, you don't respect me. I'm not worth anything to you. You will actually hear it in the arguments with each other. Listen to the arguments and then try your best to reverse the words. Yes, Erica, I'm giving you some clues on what we be doing. Try to reverse it. If they say you don't respect me, realize there's a self-respect problem going on inside of them. This isn't about me, but don't tell them. Find out a way to get some, some, some information, some help. Call up our hotline and ask, you know, I hear my husband say this over and over again that I don't respect him. So is it correct in my thinking that perhaps he doesn't have self-respect and that's why he's voicing it and yelling it at me? Does he see me as another person not respecting him because at his core, there is no respect? Are y'all getting this? Is this good to y'all? Come on, I'm helping you with every single conflict and argument you have this week. I'm going to keep people off the couch this week. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Think about it. What are some of the things your significant other says in an argument? That's what they're pleading for. That's what they're crying for. That's what they need. It doesn't even have to be about you, but you are the projection of their pain. Thank you, Chevelle. You are the projector. You're the recipient of their pain. So really what you have to do is dissect it. Instead of saying, I don't respect you. You don't respect me, which is what we do, <laughs> right? Is what we do. We go tit for tat, defense, offense, offense, defense, and we get nowhere. The therapist at my clinic came up with an innovative idea about how we might help Jerry. They proposed that Jerry could do an experiment to test his belief that people would not accept him if they knew what he was really like. We told Jerry that he could get on a subway or some local place where he could meet people. A subway, I mean, a um, Starbucks, you know, a, a coffee shop, a library, some type of place where he could meet people. And they gave him a subway because of the city that they lived in. The subway stops near our hospital. We want you for your assignment today, your soul work, we want you to get on the subway. We want you to take a ride for an hour or so. While he was riding on the subway, he was to sit down next to 10 people of various ages 
and races and start conversations with them. How many of y'all would do that if I gave you that for soul work? 10 people of various ages and races. This was his session. This was his appointment and start conversations with them. After introducing himself, he could tell them that although he was a successful businessman, he never really felt like much of a success in life because he was terribly anxious and felt inferior to other people. He could also tell them that he always tried to hide his feelings for fear that people would think less of him. Finally, he could tell them that as of today, I've decided to stop keeping it a secret and simply tell people the truth about what I really am like. Jerry was not at all enthusiastic about his soul work. He did not like it. In fact, he stubbornly refused to do it. He said it was out of the question and that he had no interest in making a fool of himself in front of a bunch of strangers. After all, I'm a successful businessman. What would they think of me? Strangers. Although he felt insecure, he was actually quite a powerful and forceful businessman. And he could be quite intimidating when he wanted to be. Despite his initial reluctance, Jerry finally agreed to give it a try. Thank you, Jerry. Accompanied by a, psych a psychology graduate student, Jerry bravely set out for the subway. I scheduled an appointment with Jerry immediately after the assignment so we can discuss what happened. Jerry spent nearly two hours on the subway that day and talked to more than a dozen people. He actually enjoyed talking to people. When he returned, he told me that although two young women seemed tense, and may have been afraid he was a weirdo or a mugger, all the other people he'd spoken to had been incredibly friendly and kind. He said that he had offered him, all, he said that they had offered him all kinds of encouragement and poured out their hearts to him instead of condemning him when he described his inadequacies. They told him about all of their feelings and their problems. He said that most of them had treated him like a long lost friend. See that. An older African-American man said he was unemployed and worried he couldn't support his family. A young woman said that she was an alcoholic and attended AA meetings. She was grateful that he had opened up about his feelings. She said it made him seem very vulnerable and likable. Other people gave him advice on how to overcome his shyness. Jerry said this is one of the first times in his life he had ever felt close to people. Wow, y'all. And we talk about in a subway station, like a member of the human race. His nervousness disappeared and he felt free to be himself and to connect with other people. He suddenly felt like he had something to offer, a way to form a bond. When we discover new ideas that are very important, they often come in the form of paradoxes. The paradox for Jerry was that his weakness, which he has spent his entire life trying to hide, has suddenly become his greatest asset. The problem was not that he felt inadequate, 
but that he tried to hide his imperfections in the dark where they ate away at him and robbed him of all vitality like a cancer. Mm -hmm. The problem was the shame. Come on, somebody say the shame. The problem was not that he felt inadequate, but that he tried to hide his imperfections in the dark where they ate away at him and robbed him of all vitality like a cancer. Listen, I told you the problem was not that he felt inadequate, right? Listen to the next part of the problem. The problem was shame. Very good. The problem was the shame, not the imperfection. Look at that little subtle demon, just like the snake in the garden, right? Once he exposed his weakness to the light of day, it became his greatest source of strength in your weaknesses. Jerry was a Christian and he said his experience reminded him of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Apostle Paul described his failure and to rid himself of his thorn in the flesh. The nature of Paul's affliction is unknown, but biblical scholars have speculated it might have been stuttering, a sexual problem, or an emotional difficulty such as manic depressive illness or even panic attacks. Over and over, Apostle Paul prayed that God would heal him and remove this affliction, but God would not answer his prayers. Finally, his prayer was answered, but in an unexpected way. Apostle Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 12. Y'all probably know the word as it is. Finally, it was answered. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Do y'all hear me? The Lord's grace is sufficient for you. For my strength, Jerry, who are you on here that I'm talking to? For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do y'all get that? Come on, I want you to put that one on the screen. Made My strength is made perfect in weakness. That is powerful. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect in weakness. All right, Sophia. She says she hears me loud and clear. See, the very place that you've been isolating and hiding from is really the place of your strength. And Jerry said that he had heard this passage many times when going to service, but have never really comprehended it. Now he said he understood his weakness was his strength. He just needed to accept it. Although I was also raised in a Christian belief I do not use this platform just to promote Christianity, but to bring healing to all people of faith. Similar passages can be found in other writings and other testimonies. All of us have deep values that guide our lives. 
When you overcome your emotional problems, you may develop a renewed appreciation for your spiritual heritage and discover fresh meanings in your beliefs. If you are in this self-esteem group, this is a time that you could share your own testimonies on the discussion board on how your failures now you believe can become your strength. God is good. Isn't he good? You will not be criticized or rejected on our discussion board. No one's going to come in and change your statement. Even if you feel weak or like quitting, no one's going to say to you, you shouldn't feel like that. You're a believer. All this work that we're doing, why would you, we're going to take that and encourage your strength in your weakness. This is powerful. I, I just want to make a note that so many people uh, have contacted me since they haven't been to church in a while and said, since they've been on this 30 day, we are on day 17, um, soul detox, they actually feel like returning to church. It was amazing to me. And people have been returning to church. Some we haven't seen in years because they feel the high esteem of themselves. We're before taking on church or the relationships of church was just another place for them to feel their insecurities, to feel that they can't keep up, to feel that God can't love me if I don't even love myself. All of these places of insecurities and weakness that have been hidden, you have now learned tonight that it is in your strength. Get back in your relationship with God. Start your prayer time again. Get into your Bible studies. Get into your services. Even if going in is still a problem for you with the pandemic, get online. Ask for some of the ministers in your church if they would have a virtual session with you and just encourage you through the scriptures. Get a coach here at Suzanne M. Howard Solutions Coaching Center. Someone who can take you through understanding that you have low self-esteem where you battle in your esteem of yourself. And that I, before I can move anywhere in God, before y'all give me uh, uh, an assignment to put all the Bibles in the pews after service, I have first got to get my first work done. But it's powerful to see that when we begin to esteem ourselves the way Christ wants us to esteem ourselves in, that all of a sudden now it's amazing that we understand, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We understand that if we were individuals with high self-esteem, we would take care of our spiritual side, our physical side, and we would take care of our natural side, our emotions, our will, all that stuff, our soul. If we had high self-esteem, if you teeter out, the scales kind of go up and down. What do you think your spiritual life is going to be like? It's going to teeter and it's going to go up and down. What do you think your relationships are going to be like? Teeter and up and down. What do you think your giving is going to be like? People with high self-esteem love to give, love, love, love to give. It's rewarding to them. But if you suffer with low self-esteem, you don't see rewards. All you see is another bill, another debt. You see the difference? And, and the vitality and life that you have been robbed from, even your spiritual life. When you have high self-esteem, you understand that you are a triune being and you have to take care of your physical body in order to prosper. 
your soul in order to prosper and your spiritual responsibilities and duties in order to prosper. That's the blessings of the Lord that maketh rich. Blessings isn't in money. It isn't in a promotion on a job. It's not a blessing. It really isn't. That's overflow. A blessing is when you know that your soul, your spirit, and your body is being esteemed highly and cared for. One, because you're made in the image and likeness of God. And two, because you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And it's time for me to love myself. Can I get a hallelujah? Tell me you're out there in this planet listening. When you care for yourself, you care for your soul. When you care for your soul, you care for your body. When you care for your soul and your body, your spirit man wants to run on. He wants to do leaps. Your flesh gets weak, but your spirit man doesn't. But all these things that we're not taking care of weighs us all down. So get back into your spiritual responsibilities and don't see it as a responsibility. See it as a joy. I am a three-part being. I am a triune being and I have a responsibility to nurture, to highly esteem, to care for all parts of me in order for me to be a whole individual. We've got a singles conference coming up. When is it? February what? February 12th weekend. I'm sorry to announce it because it's already booked up, but they're going to be doing another one really fast because that one booked up quicker than anybody wanted to. And the Lord gave me such a powerful message about the woman at the well. And I'm going to be one of the teachers, workshop facilitators, and I'm going to deal with the woman of the well. And I'm going to deal with the response that Jesus made to her that we all have skipped. And it was regarding her soul. It's powerful when you begin to learn about your soul. You understand that's the place that makes us all equal. And then there are those that receive God's presence and salvation and they live that, that spiritual life. There's some that are missing the spiritual life. Absolutely. So we're learning to highly esteem ourselves and understanding that I have to take care of my spirit, man my physical man and my soul man, if I esteem myself. How do I know when I'm not highly esteeming myself? How about your health? How about your spiritual work, your spiritual disciplines? And then how about your soul? Have you been feeding your mind? Have you been educating your mind? Have you been able to turn off the TV and just soak in the presence of God and, and let healing songs and scriptures be played and ministered to you? Have you been walking 30 minutes a day because you care for your body, feeding your, your mind, renewing neurons, causing your, the neuroplasticity of your brain to be generated so you don't have dementia, Alzheimer's, and all other toxic waste going through our bodies. Hallelujah. All right. We've got about 10 minutes left to hit those procrastinators. Do y'all want to hit procrastinators or do y'all want to wait until tomorrow night? Let's see if you're in or you're out. You want to hit procrastinators tonight or tomorrow? <laughs> Otherwise y'all can get off 10 minutes early, go do a 10 minute walk or something. Yes, let's hit it. <laughs> I feel so much lighter now. That's what I want to hear, Renee. Absolutely. I feel so much lighter. You see how it is? We've been battling with low self-esteem. And then the enemy of our soul, 
not even the enemy of our spirit. The enemy of our soul wants to come in and rob us and tell us you're overwhelmed. There's no need in finishing. Oh my God, you've got so much work to do on yourself. You'll never be able to get this done. Oh, this is just taking too much out of your time. You're not even feeling good with this tonight. Just let it go. The enemy of your soul tried to come in and rob you. And you stomped him to the ground. Amen. All right, let's start with procrastinators. Let's start with procrastinators. A prescription for procrastinators. What is our goal in this section? Our goal is for me to have you learn 10 characteristics of people who procrastinate. <laughs> Woohoo! 10 characteristics of people who procrastinate. My second goal is to help you discover the hidden benefits of procrastination the hidden benefits of procrastination. Thirdly, I want to help you learn how to attack procrastination with the procrastination cost benefit analysis and with the devil's advocate technique. We'll learn a whole lot more if you stay with us throughout the year. But if you can't, I get it. Get those finances in order. Start tithing again so you can um, rebuke the devourer and then you will have money left over to invest in yourself because we're probably investing in so much food, but we're not investing in food for the soul. Amen. Fourth goal is to discover how to become a more productive and creative person. So there's four goals. The first one is to learn the 10 characteristics of people who procrastinate. Second goal is to help you understand that there are hidden benefits to procrastination, even if they're lies, because the belief. The third one is to help you attack procrastination. And the fourth one, to help you discover how to become more productive and creative as a person. All right. So we already sent our assessments in. Did everyone get their assessments in? What's today? Is today Monday? So today's your deadline. Tonight is your deadline. So let's make sure you get them in. You know, they're going to shut them off at a certain hour because some of y'all just like taking them over and over and over. And you're confusing our system. And we're having three and four and five different files on one person. Then you wonder why you're not hearing from anyone because we got five files on you. We don't know left from right. One time. Oh, no. One time is all you need to do it. Assessments are in. Mine is done. Not yet. Rosa. Come on, Sophia. Let's get it in. Assessments are in. All right. So the procrastination test, the procrastination test. And as a matter of fact, I will put this up on the Wix app so that you all will have it and you can look at it. Um, how do I do it? There we go. I'm going to upload it on the Wix app and you will have it online so that you can uh, go ahead and do it in person instead of just going through it on here with me. Okay. Here we go. You're going to number it one through three. Um, if you forgot one, don't worry about it. I'm going to post it up on the Wix app as soon as we hang up. But you're going to have 10 questions. So if you have your journal out, piece of paper, number them one through 10. Hurry up. One through 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. One through 10. And now you're going to number each one through 10. You're going to number it with zero. It doesn't pertain to me or three a lot. So if you do a one or two, that means in between, but zero through three, three meaning a lot, zero meaning not at all. Let's go. 
I often put things off because I don't feel like doing them. Let me see my ministers. I'm going to tell them who's being honest up in here. I often put things off because I don't feel like doing them. Zero to three. Mm -hmm. Number two, I often tell myself I'll do it later when I'm in the mood. <laughs> I think I'm going to turn this mic over to somebody else to finish this now. <laughs> Lord, feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. <laughs> I often tell myself I will do it later when I'm in the mood. Zero for not at all. Three for a lot. Number three. I often give up when things are harder than I expected. Mm. Zero to three. Number three. I often give up when things are harder than I expected. Oh, Latanya, go brew some tea for me or something. Zeros make me sick. Some people just got it. Number four. I get frustrated when things don't come easily. I'm done. I'm out. I quit. I'm going to get popcorn. <laughs> I get frustrated when things don't come easily. Zero meaning not at all. One somewhat, two moderately, three a lot. Number five, I avoid tasks because I'm afraid I might do a bad job. Thank you for the one, Latanya. I appreciate it. I avoid tasks because I'm afraid I might do a bad job. Zero for not at all, three for a lot. That was number five. Number six, I'd rather not do something than try and fail. Not at all or three for a lot. I'd rather not do something than try and fail. Number seven, I do not like to do things if I can't do them perfectly. Come on, perfectionists. I'm looking in your house. Number seven, I don't like to do things if I can't do them perfectly. <laughs> Karen put up a hundred. Karen, I'm a hundred and one then. <laughs> but I got you, girl. Karen, you've got to work with us after this. Whatever we got to work out, we got to work it out because I just can't have you just no. You just you just got it all, girl. You got it all going on. We got to work it out. Number eight, I often worry that I won't do a really outstanding job. Zero for not at all. Three for a lot. Number eight, I often worry that I won't do a really outstanding job. And we're just about on time here. Yes, Brother Joseph, I saw you. I'm late. I get you. Welcome, G-Money man. Let me not leave that off. Number nine, I'm often critical of what I do, even if I do a good job. I'm often critical of what I do, even if I do a good job. Yeah. Somebody finish this show for me. I'm going to get some popcorn. I'm going in the lobby. I've come a long way, but I still see a lot of this in my life as well. So you see these beliefs from childhood, they're still there whispering. And the last one, number 10, I don't usually feel very good about my accomplishments. 
I don't usually feel very good about my accomplishments. Zero, not at all. Three, four, a lot. Yeah, some of y'all just blessed. You just got it going on. Oh, this actually goes to number 20, but we're going to stop at the 10 tonight. Y'all go with stopping at the 10 or did y'all want to go over an hour? Because I'm trying to cut us off at an hour. Tell me what you feel like and we can pick up the next 10 tomorrow night. Apostle Diane, God bless you and greetings. Because that was a lot already, right? Kind of wore us down. <laughs> Joseph, zero? Wow, you're blessed. I got one, finish it. All right, Shana. All right, Alan. Excellent work. Let's go. Stop. I need to think. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's finish it. Go. All right, y'all. You know, we got. Um, but did you realize that two weeks from yesterday? So detox is done two weeks from yesterday. Are y'all excited? Or are you starting to feel that? I'm so glad we had this time together. You're not, you're not ready for the cut yet, right? You're not ready to be pushed out of the nets. That's what apostles do. We push you out of the nest. Say, so you didn't learn to fly in 30 days? Shame on you. You're going to fly today. All right. We're going to finish them tomorrow. That's that's the settlement. That's what we'll do. We'll finish them tomorrow. It's easier when people are looking for videos, too, for them to be under an hour because um, anything over that kind of overwhelms the mind. So I'll post these up, though, so that you can make sure you heard each question right. And um, we'll handle it online. So go on to the Wix event page, hit discussion post, and I'm going to upload it up there in about five minutes. Okay. We are up for tomorrow. We're going to do the next 10 of the procrastination assessment. And then we're going to move into everything that we hit on that goal that I played for you. All right. That's it. Get those assessments in tonight. Get your 30 for 30. We got a whole brand new week coming up this week. Get your 30 for 30 in. And um, be at peace. Be at peace. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Take the time, go on the discussion post, and encourage your fellow soulmates. Good night. Let it Dr. Suzanne Howard is happy to have shared this time with you. To get more information on solutions and personal development, coaching, and counseling of the soul, go to www.suzannemhoward.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in with us.